0: It's the Ringer's Philly special presented by FanDuel. April showers bring a loaded sports calendar, and FanDuel is the place to bet on it all. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page plus. Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got
1: truly a Philly
0: thing here. Hello and welcome to the Local Angle. It's the Ringers Philly special crew. I'm Chris Ryan. I'm joined as always by Raheem Palmer. Talk a little Sixers offseason, which is the never-ending story. Raheem, I noticed today that you're wearing white. I was wondering if that's an homage to James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, Michael Rubin, Josh Harris, and everybody who was at the white party this past week.
2: I wish it was a homage to them, but I was just going to the gym and just decided to just throw on a white T-shirt. Um, I wanted to get some lifting and you know make sure I'm, I'm in good shape, but I do think that white party said a lot about the state of the Philadelphia 76ers right
0: now. Did it say a lot about whether or not we take this stuff too seriously?
2: Mm, I don't know if we take it too seriously. I think it says a lot about Harden's friendships with the, the people on the team versus his friendships with the organization how he see how he feels about them and how he feels about Daryl Morey right now
0: okay so for people who aren't terminally online Michael Rubin who is a former minority owner of the Sixers is the head of Fanatics big player big time guy likes to hang out with players likes to hang out with famous people is a famous person in his own right had this party his annual white party where every all the celebrities show up to this beach party they wear white I think it's in the Hamptons I'm I'm not exactly sure Anyway, the point being is that we have been going through this offseason since James Harden opted into his contract and requested a trade. Kind of being like, we're writing James Harden off. That's the end of the James Harden era. If you don't want to be here, let us pack your stuff and send you out of town. As is usually like how Philadelphia fans react to whenever a player doesn't want to be in Philly anymore. And... This whole time, I've been kind of like, mentally, I'm done with this. I'm done with Harden. I'm kind of glad I don't have to watch him in the playoffs next season. Glad I don't have to go through whether or not he's going to dog it in the beginning part of the season because he's trying to get traded. I'm glad this is going to be over with. And then I see all these pictures from the party, and I'm like, if these guys don't care, why do I care?
1: You know what I mean? (laughs) Like,
0: If these guys don't care, if these guys are like, this is my homie, this is my friend James, like it's all business— I don't know. It seems like the ones who lose out are are like fans in this in this case, where it's like we're the ones who are so emotionally invested in this. I was talking about this with Bill. I was just like, am I supposed to how am I supposed to interpret these photos and like their friendship? It's like, I'm really happy that these guys are having a good time, but maybe it's just Harden's just gonna come back. Okay,
2: so when I saw that, I just felt like Harden would still play with Joel and B, probably still likes Joel and B probably still likes Tobias Harris, probably likes everybody on the team. But as I said before, Harden has made a ton of sacrifices for this organization, allowing them to bring in PJ Tucker, changing his style of play so that he could play second fiddle. And then when the season ends, he doesn't get that long-term contract. So I just kind of looked at it like, all right, this is a separation between Harden and the front office versus Harden and the team. And I think they can't come to an agreement. So... I just saw it as just business, you know, obviously me, I was just, I was just saying this on Twitter, but me as a sports better, I don't get as invested as yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Like I'm already past the point of being a fanatic. So I don't, it
0: doesn't hurt me to see stuff like that. I wonder also, it's like, there are different kinds of personalities, right? Like, I don't like, I have friends who are really into negotiating for their cars. Like when they, when they go and they go to the car dealership, they're like, I'm going to break this dude and i'm not like that i'm like this is miserable this takes too long tell me what it's going to cost to let me get out of here like that kind of thing and maybe that's my reaction to what harden's doing which is essentially negotiating he's negotiating because he's not getting the what he determines to be his market value and he sort of tried to do an end around into free agency because when he was a restrict when he was a free agent for those brief moments where it seemed like okay, is he going to go to Houston? Is he going to go someplace that can absorb him into their cap? It was like, okay, maybe the market's not what I thought it was, especially when Houston turns around and essentially rebuilds their roster with Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks, who are two players who I would say uh, are the opposite of what James Harden is. You know, James Harden, like Fred Van Vliet doesn't take days off, really. You know what I mean? Fred Van Vliet is a culture setter. And Harden is like, you're going to get the great, you're going to get the the bad, you're going to get the ugly um, with Harden. Mm. So I was just kind of like, oh, maybe this is like all negotiation, you know, like maybe Harden's going to opt into this deal and it's going to be like, you know, it's like the grass isn't always greener and I'll stick with the Sixers, especially if this Clippers deal doesn't come through. And I'm starting to, as time ticks away, I'm like, I don't, if the Clippers deal was going to happen, like the Clippers are getting lapped by their Western Conference rivals. Like at some point they're going to have to like start to add on here.
2: I don't think the Clippers' deal is going to happen. I think, didn't the CBA kick in with the second apron? Yeah. So I think that... that that, Yeah, so that has an impact as well. I just get the sense that Maury, knowing how he operated with Ben Simmons, I just get the sense that he is going to say, look, I'm not trading James Harden for anything but a piece or pieces that could help us win a championship. I'm not going to take 75 cents on a dollar. So I'm just
0: going into the season thinking that we're going to run it back with James Harden. Yeah, but man in the meantime, what's happened is is that the Sixers have kind of stood Pat w- try to get this solved and all of our bench depth has left the team. So, yeah. we signed Pat Beverly, but we lose McDaniel's, we lost Niang. Uh, you know, we like we basically have we lost Shake Milton, which you know, like say what you will, if you have a backcourt injury, you're gonna need your Shake Miltons. And I guess they're yeah. going to replace that with Beverly. Uh, but Beverly is not the offensive player that Shake Milton is. And I think, you know, Beverly is like maybe a good culture setter and Beverly may be a good locker room guy, but it, it seems like Beverly is like basically a one and done in every team that he goes to because they need something different from their roster than what Beverly provides. And the only thing giving me solace is the fact that most teams seem paralyzed by some big deal that could happen. Like yeah. the Heat, are paralyzed by this harden deal. The Celtics seem to be amassing a lot of capital for a purpose that I cannot divine. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the Bucks are going to run it back but will likely, I don't know, you think they're going to lose Lopez at this point? It seems like they you know, it seems like they're they're running out of time to make that happen. They lost Joe Ingles, like they've brought back Middleton, but I don't know what's going to happen with Lopez. So at least our rivals in the conference have not drastically improved. Would you say that that's like at least giving you some peace? Yeah, it definitely gives me some peace. And, you know, as much as I felt like Boston
2: improved with the Chris Straps-Prasengas acquisition, it feels like they lost a lot of depth. Like, yeah. this is the team that you lose the heart and soul in Marcus Smart. Now you lose Grant Williams. They're an injury away from not being the same Celtics team that we've seen throughout the years. And right. we all know Chris Straps-Prasengas can't stay healthy. Who knows what's going to happen with Jalen Brown? He hasn't been extended yet. So, it does bring you solid. And I just, I feel like just based on the new salary cap, we're going to see so many moves. So we just kind of have to just wait out the right move for us, which I have faith in, in Daryl Morey doing.
0: It's such a strange now we, off season in that way, because like usually off seasons are front loaded or usually off seasons take place in their entirety in 72 hours over July 4th weekend. And it's just like from midnight for 60 hours after that, it's just nothing but deal, 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 deal. And now because of Dame and because of Harden, and because of these teams sort of lying in the you know waiting in the wings like maybe we can be the third team in a Miami Portland trade or maybe we can be the third team in a Clippers Sixers trade or whatever these teams are doing it seems like everything is like on this sort of cliff's edge this knife's edge rather waiting to find out like okay when when's Portland going to blink or when is Philly going to blink and odds are that, that that Portland needs to blink before Philly does because Daryl's got his guy under contract for a year and his guy is partying with his teammates and seemingly having a good time. So I saw there was some uh, talk about how Windhorst keeps dropping little kernels of Daryl's got something up his sleeve on various TV appearances. I'm a little too old to keep myself awake at night, like trying to unpack Easter (laughs) eggs that get left on like first take and get up. But what do you think? I mean, do you think that this is, do you think this is going to be the team that we have going into next season? I, I'm I'm leaning closer to that.
2: I, I really am, just because unless somebody really steps up and just hits us with an offer, I, I just don't see us. I don't see mori trading for pennies on the dollar. I just don't. I I, I think... just don't
0: see another star out there, another top forty guy that's like in in play. Unless I'm yeah. unless I'm skipping teams that I don't remember or something. Like if it's gonna be a parts deal, if it's gonna be Norm Powell and, and Terrence Mann and cap filler i think it would have happened already yeah uh one other thing i wanted to ask you about before you know we jump over just to the some some truly hardcore sixers stuff is what you make of tyrese maxey not being extended and his name both coming up in trade rumors and then being removed from trade rumors rather publicly through the media with, with Brian Winhorse saying like, I have been informed that Tyrese Maxey is untouchable under no circumstances would he be traded. And then sarcastically was like it, it not even prime Jordan. Like if, if prime Jordan was the deal, like they would not trade Maxey. Do you think that this is just like Daryl kind of like making sure everybody knows like, this is my guy
2: this is tough um obviously if you don't extend maxi he becomes a, a a restricted free agent next summer um i, I guess i can see the logic you want to make sure that he is the guy that you know they say he is but at the same time you know maury has to defend it so um you you don't want to make him feel slighted in any yeah. way but but at the same time i mean we saw what happened with jordan Poole. They extended
0: him. Yeah. And he was a complete mess. Look at a guy then, like Tyler Hero, who went from being like the cornerstone of the Miami Heat to we can get to the finals without this guy. Are we sure we need him? Yeah, like you want to have
2: that financial flexibility. Um, even if you just want to chase somebody else. Now, obviously, it is <laughs> it is kind of scary when you let a guy go into restricted free agency because somebody else can send out an offer sheet for him and and put poison pill stuff in there. And you end up having to pay everything up front and front load it the way they do it. But I think this is probably the right move.
0: All right, we're going to wrap it up there for the local angle. If you want to hear some more hardcore Sixers talk, jump over to the Ringer's Philly special. Raheem and I talk about Sixers. Shields on there talking to Eagles. We got some Phillies talk as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching the local angle. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your
2: first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 that you could spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. Me personally, i I like the New York Yankees, plus 220 to miss the postseason. Without Aaron Judge, he's a little banged up. He got that toe injury. I think the Yankees are struggling a little bit, so I don't really trust this team to make the postseason. I think it's worth a shot because we all know without Aaron Judge, they're not the same team. I'm all in on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. And I mean instantly. You get it instantly. There's no better place to place a bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit fanduelcom Philly and get $200 back in bonus bets. That's fanduelcom Philly. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. This episode is brought to you by State Farm.
0: All right, man, so uh, a couple other Sixers news and notes. Number one, uh, Sixers signed Mo Bamba to essentially, like, a, you know, it was ba- basically, like, a let's-see-what-you-can-do deal. I think it's a year. Uh, the big thing coming out of this is it just makes me 5% nervous about the no Paul, Paul Reed, Reed contract, and yeah. uh, I don't know whether it's Paul Reed Insurance or it's just Daryl taking a chance on a toolsy big guy who's been able to shoot a little bit and maybe hasn't found the right spot yet. But it does make me nervous as somebody who is uh, a very big B-ball Paul defender.
2: I'm very... Like, that's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, is... You want to do that mean... instead of
0: Harden at the top?
2: <laughs> no, I just... I was scared. I, like, when I when I saw this, I'm like, damn, we might have lost Paul Reed. Yeah, And I, I think he's a guy who... I could see other teams, you know, wanting to offer like the mid-level exception or something.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was, I was nervous when I started looking at like the San Antonio's of the world who are, who might still have a bunch of cap space. And when San Antonio didn't put in an offer for Austin Reeves, I know that Austin Reeves and Paul Reed are not in the same boat at all in terms of like their NBA career so far. But I was like, are they looking to get like a big man in San Antonio to protect Wemby and to, to play five? And it was just, I was just like nervous, honestly. Like also like the Sixers Achilles has been backup five. And the idea of going into the season with Mo Bamba as the backup five is like, I don't know if I can handle that. I can't. I, I definitely, and especially like I, to me,
2: Paul Reed's been the best backup five we've had during the Joel Embiid era. Yeah. Like, we just haven't had one. I mean, you go back to that 2019 series where they lost the series basically on Embiid's backup five minutes. And this this is really scary, especially especially this year with Joel Embiid coming off an of MVP season. And we all know that I don't think they're going to play Joel Embiid as much not. as they did last year.
0: I hope not. I mean, Nick Nurse likes to play his stars, but I hope that there's a little bit more of a a measured take uh, with Embiid's minutes. Um, two more things. Number one, mm-hmm. it was announced that their in-season, the NBA's in-season tournament, will conclude in Vegas in, I think, early December, like December 7th through the 9th. Uh, I was talking with Bill about this today on his podcast. He was, I would say, a little bit off on the topic. I think his big thing is, like, what what's at stake? what are the, What's up for grabs here? I'm more into it because I think knockout basketball will be really exciting for the league. I don't think we... Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen these guys in this kind of circumstance since the NCAA tournament, if they've played in it, and it's going to be pretty sick if... I can think of a bunch of different situations, like either a bottom-rung team making a run at the title, a run at this trophy, and it being like, oh, it's the Magic versus the Warriors in this title game, and it's winner-take-all. Or I think if you do get a marquee matchup, like a a Lakers-Celtics in the finals... That's just going to be a blockbuster event, and I think that it'll take care of itself. I do understand what Bill's saying, though, where there's just like it's unclear what's what's at stake, and also the fact that it's just more basketball not coming at this expense of some regular season games. Um, as a Sixers fan, do you care? Do you want to see the Sixers go hard in the in season tournament? Do you watch it? Um, you watch any WNBA? Uh, yeah, sure.
2: So they have the Commissioner's Cup in the WNBA, and I actually found it really exciting because. It felt like, like some years, you would almost get a WNBA Finals preview. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think last year you saw the Aces versus um, the Sky, and I mean, obviously the Sky didn't make it to the NBA Finals like la- WNBA Finals last year. But I mean, within I mean, granted, within ten minutes it was over because yeah. the Aces just wiped the floor with the Sky. Um, but. It was like, that was exciting to give you like a, a nice little preview for the WNBA finals. And I think you'll see the same thing in the NBA. In addition, I think the exciting thing about it is that it gives younger players a chance that play meaningful basketball.
0: Yeah, take that's a guy are like, in soccer. is like you basically in the opening rounds, they always have like basically the kids playing until it gets yeah, to like the, the quarters, basically. Take a guy
2: like Scoot Henderson, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe the Portland Trail Blazers was you're probably not going to make the playoffs for a couple of seasons, but you get to see Scoot Henderson on the highest stage where like the games matter because like how many times do we watch a star player? And for like the first five years of their career, they've never played a meaningful basketball game. Look at Devin Booker up until the The, the the bubble bubble. when this, yeah. yeah, Like he literally hadn't played a game of meaningful basketball to the point where people were asking if Devin Booker is a winning player
0: or just a good stats, bad stats player. So I think this is going to be like really fun. So, uh, in England or in Europe, European soccer, football, they Mm. have the champions league, which is like the top four teams in every country. Then they have the Mm. Europa league, which is basically five through seven or eight in each country get into the Europa league. And then they added another one this past year called the conference league. And everybody Mm. was like, When are we? When is the participation trophy league going to start? Like, what? At what point (laughs) is this too many competitions? And there is way too much soccer. And I, you know, we can get that's a that's a separate conversation. But here is what I'll say: So the conference league happened, and this team from London called West Ham got into the final and won. They beat, uh, gosh, I can't. I think they beat Sevilla or or a Spanish team in the conference league final. And you would think that they just won the World Cup it was essentially because this club had not won a trophy in decades. And I am telling you, it may not matter as much to the players, the teams may be like, how are we going to manage these guys? And like, who's going to play when, and we don't want somebody to get like blow their knee out in a game that really doesn't matter to the season. But you think about how dull the NBA regular season can be in stretches. And I'm telling you, if we wind up with like a Pacers or a Hornets or even like a Pelicans in this final and winning this trophy, fans are going to care. Fans yeah. like winning stuff.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I think it's definitely going to matter. I think we're going to people aren't conditioned to it now, and we're older. I know you're probably in your forties. I'm close to forty. Not in your forties. Okay. <laughs> nah, I'm I'm, I'm thirty seven. <laughs> but it's like you look at the the younger kids coming up. This takes place for five, six, seven, ten years. People are gonna be looking back at, oh shoot, who won the Commissioner's Cup? Yeah, like that's gonna matter at some point. And I, Look, I just, I,
0: I I understand. It's like I, I get it. While it's more basketball, and it's and the money is like insignificant or whatever it is. But I'm telling you, man, when you get if we get an upset brewing in the semis or in the whatever of that of that tournament, and it's like, oh my god, the Spurs and Wemby are gonna beat the Lakers. People are going to care. People are going to yeah. care. Cliff, do you care about this at all? Well, I'm going to say
1: it like this, man. I, I, initially I didn't like the, uh the playing tournament and I thought it was just weird. But then I was just like, you know what? The tournament was heat went super, to the finals. Yeah. Like I just thought it was just super dope at the end of it. So my thinking is just optimism. Just give it a chance Just yeah. see what happens. Like, yeah. A lot of people, you know, criticizing initially because it just doesn't it just sounds weird. It's like, okay, so you're adding more games into a, a league that is already playing 82. And a lot of people are calling for a league to play, you know, 65, 72 games a year. But, hey, you know, you never know what you'll see in this. Maybe you'll get, you know, a 50 point eruption from chet homer next year in this tournament or (laughs) a young like like you said school henderson or somebody like up and coming in the league that we want to see so i don't really think it's a bad idea let's just
0: let's just see what happens also let me just say as a as a uh, bet a lot of fans out there in various parts of the country wouldn't mind making the trip to vegas in early december for the final four
1: one person oh yeah one person on this podcast wouldn't mind that (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh yeah, Sorry. I would not mind that at all. <laughs> I may have to do the swingers drive out there, man. Vegas, baby, Vegas. Yeah, I I, pl- I plan on living there at that time. So Raheem, you could you can go to the inaugural final four and, and report back and let us know. But I'm I'm pretty optimistic about it. Uh, I am also optimistic about Ricky Council the fourth, who is the one significant draft pick that the Sixers wound up coming out of draft night with from Arkansas. I don't even know, is it Salt Lake City? Is it Sacramento that these Summer League videos are coming out of? Summer League itself in Vegas starts this weekend. Um, But I saw one two-handed dunk from Ricky Council in a game, and I was like, this is the Zaire Smith I was promised. Oh, my God. I don't ever want to hear Zaire Smith ever again.
2: I'm still angry about that.
0: I just love a bouncy dunker, and I feel like every team needs one. Every, every team needs a dude who might just throw one down in the lane. Like, and I, it got me fired up because of, uh, for two reasons. One is just like, I love a dunker Two Is it did make me think of the Jaden Springer quote that came out a couple of days ago where he was talking about Nick nurses running, running various Sixers, you know, off season teams through their, their drills and stuff. And Jaden Springer was like, Nick was stopping drills to like coach us, which I had not had yet which I don't think speaks very highly of Doc Rivers, obviously. But I was kind of like, what if Nick Nurse is like, yeah, man, we're going we're gonna to run Jaden Springer out there. We're going to let Ricky Council play a little bit. Inter- that would be interesting. And that that says a
2: lot about the team previously, that they never stopped the drill to be coached. And especially when you have younger guys. And we all know Doc doesn't like to play the younger guys. So it would be interesting to see if we could just develop some of, some of these guys and see what happens. I mean, Toronto's developed a
0: lot of dudes yeah they really have so yeah that was that i i in in the in the cloud of all the hardened stuff i was pretty fired up about ricky uh and i was pretty fired up about the idea of like the jaden springer and ricky council led sixers team in the in the tournament
2: (laughs) (laughs) that that would be hilarious that would be absolutely hilarious what else is going on man are you enjoying the phillies um, I'm really enjoying the Phillies right now. It, it seems like bright I mean Bryce Harper wasn't really hitting for power. It seems like he's starting to come back over the past week or so. like I, I just I love that like you guys know I gave out this the Phillies under eighty nine wins and it felt like that that was like a shoe in to happen and I was a little nervous that we missed the the postseason just because it felt like our pitching wasn't there, but it just feels like we're in prime position to make uh-huh. another run similar to last year.
0: We'll keep our eye on the Phillies once this Harden thing gets gets resolved, which I hope I hope happens sooner than later. Um we'll take a break there. We'll we'll wrap it up. Raheem, always good to see you. We were produced as always by Cliff. And we will be back next week. She will be back soon. We'll start doing some Eagles off season. I'm sure Raheem is psyched to hear about the birds. Uh the the little birds talk on Bill Simmons' pod today, talking about the I hate hover. to say
2: it, but the 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 bird is gonna take a step back. Is that because we're playing against the AFC East? Um, Harder schedule. They uh-huh. were really healthy last year. I think uh, last year they were like, like, well, they were like one of the healthiest teams in the league last year. I think they were like, I can't even give you the exact number, but they're, they're going to suffer some injuries this year. Um, and that's just not me hating. It's just, it just is what it is. You can't, no one stays as healthy as the Eagles were
0: last year. And,
2: I but just think we have that, I to have
0: like a a buzzer that happens if he talks about the Eagles for more than forty seconds. It's got to be like a <laughs> Cowboys buzzer. Like maybe maybe we let him go for thirty seconds and then it's Jerry Jones going, "How about them Cowboys?" Oh
2: man! And, but, <laughs> but, I mean, but like when you look at the three healthiest teams last year, the
0: Steelers, the Jaguars, the
2: Eagles, it's just that typically takes a step back. Where you look on the other end. You had the Broncos, the Rams, and the Titans. They were the the three least healthiest teams. So it's not going to step
0: back when you replenish the team with the national champion Georgia Bulldogs, though. Did you see? Do you see? Dean is like he's basically like signing like an All Pro linebacker. Like people are like, this dude is Ray Lewis.
2: I mean, but if you can't stay healthy and the offensive line is not going to be the same, I'm just I'm not seeing it. I mean, okay. I think they're still. I think I think they're still going to be one of the better teams in the league, but I don't think they're going to be. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a tougher year.
0: Yeah, they have to play the AFCs. I I think I think they'll make their over, which is eleven and a half right now. But uh, I'm I'm still I'm pretty confident. What's the Cowboys over?
2: Um, I think it's the nine and, and a half. Nine I th- I, and a I half. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, would, I would go over on that. Okay. Um. um I, here, here's a here's a here's a tidbit for you. NFL win totals of ten and a half or over have only gone over thirty eight percent of the time.
0: So you're, this is this is your reason why you think this, the Eagles aren't going to hit that.
2: Oh, no, I'm, I'm I'm not saying that's my you're reason, it's, but I'm it's just a factoid. Yeah, I just had to I had to put that out there. So I I don't want everybody to get too excited because okay. it's, it's rare to hit that.
0: Cliff, where's your excitement level? Put it like this. I think the Eagles
1: are going to repeat as the NFC champions off yes. the simple fact that there's no one that improved or is even in their stratosphere, including the Dallas Cowboys. But Raheem is right though; like they might take a minor step back just based off the simple fact that everyone was healthy going to the Super Bowl last year. So that's where uh, that's
0: that's why we get guys like Mariota in the building, man. Yeah, Flying. right. Like we the you just was promised.
1: Yeah, you replenish, you replace, you ready to go. We got to see what they look like once camp. I can't wait till training camp starts so we can really see what everybody looks like. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't think anyone really improved. Uh, any NFC, so I think it's the Eagles for the taking yet again.
2: Yeah, you you really make a point. The NFC is like really really weak right now.
1: Yeah. So more, all the more reason for you to you know pump up the gambling <laughs> numbers up there and yeah, give us give us some give us some give us some odds, give us some bets. Let us win some money while the Eagles win some games. You know what I'm saying? That's
0: right. You could be a little (laughs) bit more benevolent. I do think that. Uh, We'll wrap it up there. Thanks to Cliff. Thanks to Raheem. We'll be back next week. Uh, Go Birds. Sorry, Raheem.
2: Must be 21 and up and present in present select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg. In Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800 NEXT STEP or text NEXT STEP to 533. 533- 42 if you're in Arizona. If you're in Connecticut, call 1888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat. If you're in Indiana, call 1-800-9 with it. Kansas, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. If you're in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. West Virginia, 1-800 Gambler.net, Wyoming, 1 800 522 4700. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support in Massachusetts. In New York, call 1 877 8 Hope, New York, or text Hope, New York.